All right, everybody. Hey, it's it's, it's uh, welcome to another episode of Sleep with Me. And uh, so, I guess you heard in the intro, which I, I did uh, before I recorded this episode. Sometimes, believe it or not, this is a little bit of behind the scenes. Sometimes I record the intro after the episode. It kind of depends. It usually takes so long to record in a bit, quite a bit of uh, energy. I don't know if that's brain glucose in the brain or what. Uh, that I like to record, uh, ideally in the perfect world, the thank yous, any teasers or prep stuff, and then the intros one day, and then the episode and something to warm up with. Uh, record something else warming up uh, the next day. Yeah, but lately, usually, recently, other than yesterday, well, yesterday was a Sunday. I said I, I didn't have to record. The talk about positive. Uh, I'm getting deja vu as I'm doing this too. But to talk about positive, I said, you know what, we have a little time, Scoots. Let's do an intro, thank yous, uh, and uh, a Brooklyn spot on Sunday. And then we'll do a show on Monday. And then we'll already be ahead for the week. Because every week my goal is to record ideally two two and a half podcast episodes. It's really to net two and a half. So some weeks I'll record three, some weeks I'll record two I don't know if they're, or like, uh, yeah, I don't, like, if you record, if I record one, it'll be not, you know, so you'd probably say, Scoots is up uh, for sure. Uh, but so, like, in a perfect week, I just record two and a half episodes every week for the week that comes up that I can't record. Or, yeah, I only record one episode. So then at the end of the month, I've recorded an average of two every single week so I can keep the train going. Uh, so what was my what was my point though in there? I don't know. So I was talking about recording. Oh, so I recorded the intro yesterday. A lot of times, my preferred method, depending no most of the time, if I'm going to record an entire episode in one day, is to do the thank yous first. And the reason I do the thank yous first, I think this would be a meta episode, but the reason I do the thank yous first is to focus my mind on the listeners to to your ears. Uh, uh, the person that's listening, you, of course, uh, right here. And that helps quiet any perfectionism or internal criticism to say, hey, I'm here. I'm thankful for the people listening to the show. Thank you. And I'm here to serve. And I'm here to serve the brain, my brain bots. I'm here to serve the listeners. And that really helps uh, frame making a show for me. And because sometimes I get, uh, occasionally I get an email, what's up with these thank yous? Or throw me off. I think uh, it for me, it's just an, been an important part of the show for a long time. Not always. I don't know when we started it. And then the thank yous kind of were interrupting the flow of the show. So it's like we put them out in the end. Uh, what will the future be? I don't know. But uh, for now, uh, that's how I record. It also helps warm up my voice. Uh, this is a strange thing to say, but it's true, is lubricate my mouth to the right thing so it's not over... Or I guess not lubricate, yeah, like to get it, get it to the right point uh, so my mouth doesn't have too much in it or not enough. Uh, if it doesn't have enough, then you could, you like, uh, just trust me on this. I've been doing it a while. Another thing is I'm always kind of very close to the mic because I'm, I'm here for you uh, in your ears. And so then I do the thank yous, and then I'll do the episode, and then I'll do the intro uh, a lot of times. 
because uh, usually the episode's a little bit more structured and I know what it, it, it is. Sometimes I'll know what an intro is going to be or how I'm going to start it, but a lot of times I don't know. And that takes even more. The improvisational, it's tough to say, like you can't pre, pre, do pre-production on the, improv, like, uh, the improvisational parts of the show. It's just been, you know, whatever, 20,000 hours or however long you've worked on this podcast for. Actually, not it's uh, like maybe like just rec- well, just recording 14,000, yeah, a lot. Uh, but so it, it, like pre production, a lot of pre production. So when I'm sitting down to record an episode, a lot of pre production hours and hours have gone into prepping that if it's a uh, uh, like a TV show episode or a written episode, or even a lot of times like a, a made up episode, at least I have a general concept that I'm going in for. Tonight, not so much. I have a title, uh, The Greatest Greeter Ever, and a general idea. Uh, but So that's why I usually do the episode first, because I've already done a lot of, a lot of the work uh, to, to get ready. I don't know. That, uh, it just, see, when I'm war- really warmed up, I've been recording, like, uh, to record all of that, probably you're talking two, over, like, two, hour, two plus hours. Uh, depending on like how long it's taking me, so to do the intro at the end, I'm usually really warmed up uh, and pretty on, uh, or definitely not able. Or I'll be like, okay, I can't make like. So a lot of times I'll stop recording, and then I'll say, okay, uh, I never would want, like say, okay, let's do something. I got to like. Uh, they say, okay, can we get the intro in? The 12 minute intro take uh, 25 minutes to something of recording time. With sometimes I have to stop, or it might be no. Like so, just like uh, I don't know. Yesterday, I guess it's all to say. Yesterday, I was recording an intro where the idea of the greatest greeter came up, and I was thinking of the story I had heard. Uh, because I was talking about deja vu and, and I was thinking of things. And I was like, I thought I heard a story about the greatest greeter. Or was that a dream? And sometimes I get a peek into alternative versions of myself. And it's been a while since we've done one of these style episodes. And if you're new and you're with me here, I'm, you know, I'm glad I can be here with you right now. Is uh, this is you're in for a little bit of a treat? So some comfort's going to come, but you know you can listen to this whenever. So you can also slip away whenever. But this is a style of episode. It's called "My Life with a Perm," and it takes a little bit of a setup. It is uh, so when I was born, I like uh, eventually. I think when you start off as a kid, you start off with like kid hair. But eventually your lifetime hair s- settles in at some point and maybe you're more blonde or your hair might, but, but at some point you get the hair, your f- hair f- follicles settle in and there, unfortunately I've learned this, there is no braces for hair and a lot of hair, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, I do think I do have, I don't think I have severe hair envy I guess I have like a twinge of hair jealousy, but I more have a case all my life of what if, a hair what if, uh, which is a little bit more of a positive. It says it has a forlorn aspect, like what if, but what is the what if about, right, Scoots? Let's uh, talk about that. 
So when my hair follicles settled in, and if you're a hair scientist, maybe this will blow your mind. Because, But if you're a scientist, you've seen things on the edge of science, uh, in the edge of whatever random things, you know, born out of the, the, the you know, whatever. Maybe my hair came from a black hole. We, we, you know, wouldn't you have the science to back up uh, negating that? Oh, you already do. Okay, well, maybe somewhere else then. It was more of a metaphor, actually, believe it or not, brain scientists. But so at some point, um, when my hair follicles settled in and, and they said, okay, like your hair, it's weird. Do, do they have, like, uh, I guess everybody's hair follicles clearly are timed differently, but they reach adulthood or maturity or something, you know, pretty fast. And since I'm just making things up, let's just say they reach it at like age uh, four, five, or six. It's somewhere in there. It may have been even earlier. My hair follicles, a couple of things. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to blame the follicles. They're just in there producing, you know, the keratin or whatever the heck they're supposed to do. And they don't, I bet you they don't, they say, what is this? Uh, is this for heat or mating? And then they giggle for me, they, like uh, for both, actually. So when my hair follicles settled into their normal routine, I, I didn't have a natural part. I, and actually, like, people find this funny. I have no idea what an act, like, I see it on people. And I always wondered, even as a kid, I said, is that a designed part or natural part? And I even researched it for the podcast and probably I forgot on purpose because they say, wait a second, do people's hair actually naturally part? And so that was one thing. I was born without a natural part. Uh, and my hair kind of grows like a fountain, like from the center out in a fountain-like way. Perfect for a bowl cut, which is what I had most of my life. Uh, and I think if if you weren't in, born in the great bowl cut era, I don't know if that's one that's going to come back and be hip again. Unfortunately, now my hair's a little bit less, so I don't think it, like my, or my forehead's expanded its territory. Uh, which is another another debate thing, but uh, so I don't think a bowl cut would work on me anymore. But so my hair is very very thin and very very fine and very very straight. Now I've seen finer hair, but believe me. Uh, I mean I wouldn't say my hair is silky because I never. It's so thin that it would be flat against my head. Like even if I grew it out, and I know there's been a few hair bands with uh, very thin flat hair. Uh, but it's like, it's like almost like there's no, there's only like one layer, like almost like a a piece of paper. Like if my hair was a piece of paper, it'd probably be tracing paper where most people are like dealing with like bond paper, you know, like you put a resume on mine, you don't, my hair resume, you'd be able to see through it. So it's very fine, very straight, very prone to cow licks. And it's really not designed for any haircut because other than a bowl cut. Like, I, 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 there was a time when I was like, what did you do to me, Mom and Dad? And I don't think I just had a bowl cut. At some point I had, like, a double bowl, like a two-layer bowl, like a helmet, I guess more of a helmet cut. Uh, I had straight bangs across my forehead and then my back, my thing. So it wasn't like a like a, something out of a car- cartoon bowl cut. And... You know, it didn't really bother me. I mean, I had enough other things going on that my hair never bothered me till the hair, you know, then then other hairy regions, you know, in the, uh, uh, what are those things called? Uh, hormones behind them 
like the, the evolutionary chain that said, this hair on your head, I don't know if it's to keep your brain warm or if it's for the other evolutionary things, but this hair on your head ain't working for that. It's actually a deterrent. And it was a slow realization for me. Uh, but for a time, actually, there, there was a foresight, and it was, uh, I think, probably in my prepubescent years, but when, you know, those, those, the, the, those like, things were already flowing into my bloodstream, they just hadn't hit uh, whatever the heck you call it, and this barber. So we went through a couple different barbers in our lives, and the, the uh, so there's a bunch of different uh, barbers, uh, but the one that was closest to this time in my life, when I would go, uh, where I would do, like, in this, uh, like, uh, middle school to high school era, was this barber named Frank. And I think my friend, I got introduced to Frank from my friend Charlie, who had great hair. And that, so I had, my friends all had good hair, all my close friends, I think. I'm trying to think of any of my close friends that had bad hair. No, I mean, one of my friends, Rick, he had amazing hair, but he was also very into, like, uh, he was he spent a lot of time on his hair. My friend Charlie, he had kind of a naturally good head of hair. My friend Pat and Chris, uh, they had, a, these are my friends at that age. Uh, let's see, who else? Kyle, Jeremy. Yeah, they, they all had pretty good hair. But so, uh, but Charlie went to this barber named Frank, and he said, oh, Frank will set you right or whatever. Don't, like, that's the place to go. And he was just a very traditional barber. He had a perm at the time, I believe, or he had very curly hair. But I think he had a perm because I think I've seen him other times. And he probably had, uh, you know, wavy hair. Uh, but if, if, if he had a, a perm. And if you want to know what it looks like, uh, there was a TV show called The Brady Bunch. And then it got made into movies. And you could just Google uh, whoever the dad, I don't know if the dad's name's Peter Brady. But just put Brady Bunch, and then the dad had a, I think for a lot of time, he had a curly hair, a, a perm. And in the 80s, I think it was, this was this was in the 80s or the 90s, it was right on that cusp. Uh, uh, I, I think they had already kind of peaked, it was post-perm peak for, for, for uh, uh, men. Yeah, but this barber was convinced that he, this is what he told me. He sat me down one time. He's giving me my hair. And I said, uh, every once in a while, I'd get to the point where I'd be like, I just need some, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, and he was like, he was puzzled. He was spinning me around, walking around. Uh, he goes, listen, this is what we need to do. Grow it out more. So it's even more of a helmet bowl cut. And then you come in, we'll give you a perm. And, I mean, he knew on the look at my face this was controversial. And he said it will only be tight curls for a little while. And then it'll, like, it'll become unwavy. And this was the times, you know, these are the times in the history of the universe, actually, that people say, you know, they say, this earth might be round. You know, this earth, the sun, we might uh, uh, rotate around the sun and not the other way, you know, that way. You know, let's try to fly. Uh, let's build a flying machine, or whatever. Let's you know. Let's be. be let's you know. And I want to dance. I love dancing. I'm going to do it. You know, as a career. I mean, those micro decisions are just as brave as the macro ones. Or you know, I, this is. I'm going to dedicate my life to doing this, uh, or to solving this. 
and for me, I guess this was a monumental decision. And it, it and, and as they say on cartoons, it, it is like a, maybe there was a, the universe is split at this point. Well, I know because I've gotten glimpses. Now, there's some good things we owe to my decision, which was like, no, no way. Or I said, probably, maybe let me think about it. I don't, I don't think I had the courage to say, no, no way. I said, let me think about it. Let me talk to my parents about it. And I think I told my friends, and they all laughed hysterically and said, yes, do it. Uh, and I knew that they were like, yes, it would be even more hilarious uh, when I have to go to school uh, with a tight perm. And I, I, sometimes I was a goofball I am on this podcast, and I think if I had a tiny bit more courage of goofiness or a little bit more, I was more of the subtle class clown. If I had more of the class clown clown, I would have gone for it. And it probably could have pulled it off as far as like, but I would have thought people were laughing at me, which in some sense, if you have the courage to get a perm, it will, as we'll see, like, uh, People can't laugh at you. It's it's uh, it's simple. Yeah, they can laugh at you, but it's like a laughter based on uh, the the dismay at your own self esteem because you said, "Well, yeah, I'm gonna rock his sperm. I'm gonna rock it all night and all day long, and I'm gonna shake these curly locks." And uh, that's who I am. I'm the kind of person that goes says yes to Frank and says, "Perm this thing." Uh, but at the time, I was more of like, uh, I said, no. <laughs> like, I mean, internally, I said, never, no, not in a million years. Uh, but there is a universe out there where I did say yes. And I've had a glimpse of those episodes, or those uh, that life, uh, and I've done some episodes. It's been a while, and uh, I don't know how long it's been. I think the last one was maybe Les Mis related but recently, I was trying to remember being a like a the greatest greeter ever, and because you know there's like some stores in some businesses that have greeters, right? And at first, I was thinking, yeah, what if there was a store that had a great greeter? Would it be like a box store, or would it be someone else? And I think I was kind of joking about that in the intro. But I did. It was thinking about it, uh, like because it, it reminded me of the story, the greatest greeter ever. And I said, "Oh, it does it sound familiar?" Until I rested, and then that other universe has settled on me, and then I could see myself in this, in this world. My name's Andy, and you know, it was a, this was actually like when Andy. There was the years. Most of the time, my life was a perm is looking at my childhood. And this one was uh, as an adulthood, and it was my first vision towards Andy with a perm as a grown-up. And it was, I think, right around this time. And just because I got a perm, like it, it was, like uh, sometimes if there's like a limitless number of universes occurring, that means there's a lot of friggin' universes, you know. And if only one thing changes in the universe, I know that everybody's got a, a point of view about that. But if, if just one boy uh, gets a perm and it, it tweaks his self-esteem in a way that he can walk through life with a head full of hair and permanent curls uh, that he can twang and twang, uh, he could grow and have them cascade. You know, there was a time in his college years, I think, uh, that they were cascading 
it doesn't change everything. So this universe was a lot like our universe, and it was just this time. And I got a glimpse of Andy, and he still had that perm. And uh, so what happened was, uh, you know, Andy was wondering, and Andy was actually thinking about his childhood, which is pretty similar to mine. Uh, uh, but he he had gotten a perm er, even earlier. Uh, that's why his esteem, you know, th- that was the whole thing. He had met Frank earlier in his life. I think around first grade, or maybe he returned. I think, I can't remember. There's a lot of, you know, you know the movie, uh, what was that movie called? Uh, with, where they kept going back and forth. Uh, it was independent made. I'll think of it. It's one word. But uh, anyway, so this was Andy as a man, but he remembered uh he was one day, he was, you know, spiraling on his court curls, doing a, a curl bump. That's what he liked to do sometimes when he was thinking, which is kind of lifting your curls up uh, like they wet. You know, it, it just feels good. Uh, you go ahead, even imagining doing it feels good. And, you know, he did go through stages where he had Goldilocks style curls. And it never became a thing, and it always kind of made him... Uh, it kind of like gave an advance warning. Like he was never suited for the corporate world, clearly, because people couldn't take him seriously. But then the people that could deal with him, it was like I called it the curl cascade. Because when I was trying to write Andy's autobiography, when I find out these stories, at first, when people first met him, if they didn't have any forewarning, they'd be a little bit like, what in the, you know, what's going on with this person? Uh, and. Then after they left, they say, "Well, he's he, he's an interesting fellow, and he has that hair going." But there was something about him, je ne sais quoi, as they do say, and people would be like, "Huh." Uh, and then the the second or third time, just like this podcast, in some way, they say, oh, "Okay, I get the it, it aligns perfectly. I get it now. It's, it's ostentatious, but in a way with without a it, it's showing a non-showy. It's beyond understanding. It's a curl cascade, and then it would die down, and and it would be in alignment with them so much that they wouldn't even notice. You know how that happens, and it wouldn't come out of it. Wouldn't even come out of misalignment. It'd be permanent alignment. It'd be like, well, that's who Andy is. He's the, he's like uh, be like, who's that dude with the perm? And they'd be like, well, who what? Oh, you mean Andy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, like, uh, it's just, uh, what's up with his perm? Oh, you don't know. Like, uh, you just haven't met him, huh? Like, uh, it wouldn't even be like a thing. They'd, they'd feel it was so aligned that they would feel like uh, it's hard to even explain. And in some sense, they'd say, don't worry. You'll, you'll, once you get to, you're, you're going to be working with him. Uh, you'll get to, you'll figure it. It'll be, you'll, it'll be great. Uh and, you know, maybe he'll let you twang. He does, like, uh, one day, uh, yeah, totally. But so Andy was living in a world just like ours, doing, you know, we won't get into what he's doing. Maybe it could be a sleep sleep podcast, or it could have been a daytime podcast. I'd like to say that uh, Andy would make a podcast like Everything is Alive or something. Uh, cool, like that. Ian already makes that one, though. But and I don't think Ian has a perm, but... Probably he has nice hair from his headshots. But so, uh, what was he saying? So, oh, so Andy was living in this world. He was a little stumped. He said, uh, you know, done all these things. Uh, 
great, great, you know, great accomplishments for him. But in the history of the world, you know, just account, you know, he's just being a human out there doing human stuff and, you know, going through the trials and travails as we all do. But he remembered from his childhood, Joy Germ Joan, who's come up on this podcast before, uh, who was this real person in Syracuse, New York, uh, who my dad worked with for, for a time, who had the Joy Germ Foundation. And Andy was thinking that uh, she was on to something, like, uh, and he was remembering the parade and how she said it was like uh, free hugs before there was free hugs, which I don't think is around too much anymore, which I guess in the U.S. kind of makes sense. Uh, and Andy said, yeah, I remember there was like, uh, he started to think about all these kind of positive movements. And then he remembered this memory we shared, which blew my mind. And it was this rainy day. And this is a real memory uh, that sits with me in this uh, positive, strange world of dreams and realities. And it was in Golden Gate Park, and it was a very, very rainy day. And for the Bay Area, it was daytime, but it was even raining so much that it was like a dark— we don't get the uh, tea storms too much, uh, so it never gets, like, really dark. But this was like a dark, rainy day. And I was driving in Golden Gate Park, and I passed a man uh, in a rain slicker with a yellow rain slicker, with a yellow rain slicker hat. And he was this African-American man, and he was holding a teddy bear, also in a rain slicker, with a rain slicker hat, yellow rain slicker, one of those raincoats that goes all the way down, yellow boots, and a yellow uh, umbrella. Yeah, holding the bear and the umbrella in one arm and waving and smiling uh, at everyone they drove by. It was like something of a dream. And then it happened to be that we were looping and we passed him again and he was still there waving. And I was in a car with other people and I had this, uh, I was just drawn in, in an amazement uh, at this man who was just so yellow and so vibrant, uh, and his smile and his energy, and he was exuding joy in the rain, uh, in the teddy bear, and they didn't know if it was uh, like uh, what it was. And it, I mean, I guess at the time I didn't think anything of it, but Andy did. And, like, 12 Galaxies Frank, like, Andy kind of, like, uh, me when something Andy did was, like, uh, look into these kind of things. Uh, and maybe it was just mystery. I don't know. This was actually, I didn't get a glimpse into Andy in the uh, the man in the yellow slicker. Um, but it was something that Andy always held to his heart, where I kind of, like, let it drift in out, in and out of me. Andy couldn't forget it. Uh, his curls... Uh, he would wake up uh, when he was feeling a bit of the rainy gloom inside. He would picture that man waving at him in the rain, vigorously waving when he waved back uh, and smiling and just standing there, just in, in not just standing anywhere, just in like a random uh, spot on the side of the road. And uh, just just something mysterious and something surprising. 
And so Andy never forgot it. He, he, he just sat there in his memory, kind of like me and Dr. Demento. And at this particular time in the world, Andy was living in, he said, huh, like, uh, he was sitting around, he was hearing the stuff and reading the stuff and saying, uh, you know, uh, I want to do something, but I don't want to do something like with any budding going in. Cause he goes, this is, he goes, we live in this world was full of but budding into budding into budding. And he said, I don't, I, but I, I feel like I need to take some action, some positive action. He goes, but there's all this, you know, he goes, I, I feel like we're moved to a place beyond debating. And he goes, I'm not into the beret. You know, he goes, that whole thing. And he goes, I don't know what to do. And then he saw the man in the yellow slicker waving at him. And uh, he sat there and he said, he felt better about the state of things uh, for a time. But then he said, okay, maybe this is calling me to action. Maybe. And then he thought about Joy Germ Joan and that she believed in the infectiousness of joy. And Andy started to think, well, this man proves it. Uh, that, that he, he, goes, he goes, huh, is, is it a matter of having enough? And where do we start? Uh, and he said, okay, well, and he, he went into to research, uh, but the yellow slicker man remained a mystery. And he kind of left uh, Joy Germ Joan uh, as a mystery. He said, okay, I need to do something new. And he goes, well, I start, start right there. And he, like me, like he was a little bit more extroverted. And I don't know how Andy tests out on the, the, the Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or any of those things. But I do know we have a little bit of shared history. And that Andy discovered, much like I did, uh, that waving at people uh, does create, and smiling and saying hi can create like a, establish some intimacy even when you're not comfortable or you're not good at small talk. And maybe Andy learned that I, like I didn't, that it could be a bridge to small talk and then a bridge to, to, to deeper and broader relationships instead of a supplement. But so Andy had kind of said, what about this waving and smiling thing and that man waving and so Andy set to it, and, and he, he set to uh, going out and just standing in places. And then he thought about uh, the dancing guy, you know, all these other people that were doing these great things. Uh, but he said, okay, let me think about just uh, going out there and waving and smiling at people. And he thought about uh, the places, again, where people aren't always in the best of moods. So he started at places like... Uh, the DMV and different offices, uh, and you just wave at people, and he found that uh, the results were mixed. And that uh, he, he he said, "Okay, well, I guess I got to like figure out uh, upping my game a bit." Uh, but he had also learned kind of the idea that uh, okay, not too much eye contact. Uh, you're waving like he goes. You don't want to be confusing. Because he found that was one of the things was like, okay, how do we get around the confusion? He goes, there's some people that just take it in stride and like being waved and hide to, or they're willing to go along with it. 
And he goes, there's probably the grouch people like a little bit like Drew in the other universe that uh, just put their head down and keep walking. And he goes, there's receptive people, but then there's the people that say, what is it like? There's a varying spectrum of people that are like, uh, what does this person want uh, versus do I know them and do I forget them? So he said, okay. How do I broaden this? How do I? He he really used empathy and compassion, or maybe just empathy, to put himself in everyone's shoes. And I think Andy was a bit more data oriented, so he was keeping track of like. Uh, and he he was actually a person that asked for help, so he started asking around. And in this universe, Len Test, Andy and Len Test were friends. In my universe, like Len Test is a cool hero, but uh, Len Test was great at crunching data. So they started, uh, and then thinking about uh, the industry of joy. But this is something Andy was like, uh, we, we, I want to take what I've learned from the joy industry and de- in, some, in some sense deindustrialize joy, like Joy Germ Joan was trying to do. But also to kind of break, de- like uh, to say, uh, find a way around these initial walls so that people like Drew keep up or, or whatever, like. Uh, so he started crunching the data, and the real he said, "Okay, well, this is too confusing." He goes, "Just waving at people only works for the people it works for, and for the other people, it might actually take them from a neutral place to." to he goes, "Just a tiny twinch in the the saying, well, that can't put me in a grouchy mood, or hey, I don't know who that person is that's waving at me. What did I forget?" Uh, so he said, okay. And they also learned, hey, these, he goes, these, he goes, these are places where people have to go. They do need something. Uh, but then he, he said, well, there's a little bit of a, it's a bit mired. And then Andy thought about, uh, the, believe it or not, me and Andy went to the same. Th- you would think Andy with his perm wouldn't uh, know about have to be therapy, but he went to the same therapist as I did. And the therapist was helping him with, you know, inter- interpersonal stuff. And it said, uh, here's a book, uh, How to Work a Room, about, uh, now, I, I didn't read it. I took it. <laughs> and they said, oh, yeah, I totally read that book uh, all the time. I'm totally working that. Uh, but Andy read the book and took it in stride. And I think one of the lessons in there is kind of like pretending you're the host of the party. And Andy said, is there a way to wave where you pretend you're host party. No. And then Andy thought back to the kind of uh, the, 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 the business of making people happy. And he talked to, he started talking around to people and listening and learning. And he probably had facts and stuff. I'm just recounting the story. And people would say, and he heard so many tales, though, about the greatest greeter ever. They're like, oh, like, surely. She like ran this shop, or she worked, uh, you know, welcoming people to the park, or oh, you know, you know. Remember, Bamba John was always offering to help, no matter what. Always had a smile on his face. Uh, so he started hearing all these stories, and instead of doing that, Andy reached out to these people and got a hold of them and said, hey, I heard about, like, and he would talk to them and interview them, I mean, like, uh, probe them. And he would say, how did you, I really want to know more about this and, and what your skills were. How'd you, how'd you, how, and, like, what did you learn? They say, oh, well, I learned this, uh, well, I just like doing it. Uh, just feels good. 
And I just like people. He heard all these great answers. And they said, well, I'd like you to, I'm working on something. And I'd like you to, uh, and I think probably this would make sense. They started a podcast called The Greatest Greeter. Uh, so let's just say that he did start a podcast called The Greatest Greeter. And he started to learn about uh, being nice to people and, and how to how to uh, penetrate these walls. And he's, you know, because he had that perm, anytime, you know, he'd say, well, this isn't always easy. And he'd touch his curls or he'd roll his hands over his curls or he'd pump his curls. Or after a good thing, he'd, you know, shake his head. Or if he needed a little bit more confidence which before going into some greeting situa- greeting training, because he started taking the training. He started taking these jobs for a time and greeting people. And he started to kind of say, what, what do we need? What do people need to know? And he said, okay, well, this is what we're shooting for. So the great greet off. Uh, yeah, but he said, how am I going to do a great greet off where it continues and rolls forward? He goes, I don't want to just have one thing. Yeah, but everybody was like, well, if you do the great greet off, it'll be. And he said, well, what about this and this? Uh, he goes, is there a lot way to start smaller? And he said, well, let's build up. And he, he started to gain this momentum. And there was something about a figurehead that, uh, you know, like uh, he did have a little bit extra forehead, but he still had those curls. He still had the perm going. And he still had a twinge of introversion. But he said, I want to get past this uh, this thing. He goes, you know, I've lived my life. I'm not perfect. Uh I've been non-greeting a, a lot, uh, but I want to be empowered by all this. Uh, I've been inspired by the man in the yellow rain slicker and Joy Germ Joan and a lot of these other people out here now, the Greens, people at Night Vale Presents uh, and Radiotopia and uh, all these independent people. Uh, Max and Alex, people like uh, Cards, like he said, he said okay, like, uh, and Andy was better at getting it. So, so he started reaching out and he said, they said, okay, let's start small. Let's build momentum towards the great greed off. And so they started like, and, and I think they probably gamified it for some people. Maybe they, you know, they said, hey, let's put this in for, you know, let's add instead of dancing in Fortnite, let's add waving and smiling and that, that uh, is a sh- like a shield booster when someone's nearby only. And they wait, like you choose for at least that time period to just wave and greet. And they they got it across platform. And so they started with waving and smiling at people and making eye contact. And it started to gain momentum. And then they started to reconnect with these other things. Uh, I don't know if Andy ever got a hold of the man in the yellow rain slicker. But he talked to Frank, who walked the streets of San Francisco, who I just saw last weekend, walking around. And Frank's more chill and quiet, but, you know. And he talked to, he got a hold of Joy Germ Joan. He talked to people that do these pillow fights and free hugs and dancing. Because the other thing is Andy didn't want to reinvent the wheel. He wanted to use, was art, people were already out there doing this, uh, and he wanted to bring them together. And again, remember, Andy had this sperm. So anytime 
Yeah, at first people like were like, "Okay, this like does it? I'm supposed to take you seriously?" And they they'd say, "Okay, who's behind this uh, great 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 off? Uh, the guy with the perm is." And he 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 started to get, kind of get get it more and more. And they said, "Okay, yeah, people are getting into this waving and smiling." And then saying, hey, how's it going? Uh, more and more. And then it started. Like he said, okay, let's get, let's start getting people at doorways. And I think car, cards helped them gamified. And Arnie and, uh, you know, some, some of the people that Arnie works with, they helped to make it fun and, and kind of make it more social. So then they started getting people at these doors of these buildings and they say, oh, just holding doors and saying, hey, how's it going? And then they started to figure out like a non-purchasing way, though you could purchase ways of dressing or a certain color uh, to let people know, oh, when I see that color, uh, and they started to build on it. They said, well, geez, what if someone's, uh, they need a little break, uh, or they're feeling, you know, they're having intense feelings. You could look for these, this greeter uh, symbol. I don't know. I can't. Andy didn't tell me. You know, when you see into another universe, it's not always that clear. But they started to get people at doorways and on the streets and at parks. Uh, and they started to say, okay, whatever. And then Andy said, okay, you know what? Uh, it's, it's, it's the greatest greet off. We'll have the greatest greeter ever. And then we'll have the greeter of the year. He goes, we got to figure out a way to make this a quarterly events. Uh, and then they, then they said, well, let's just do a tour. Well, we'll get a tour. And then they said, well, maybe we should just do arts grants. And, and, and Andy was partnering with so many people. Uh, and it kind of became an independent movement. I said, well, we're not really in charge of this. It's uh, do, do, do it yourself, you know, do it locally. Uh, but it was really this idea of empowering people with the kindness of greeting and celebrating the greeting. And then that caught fire. People started to say, holy cow, like this great greet ops, it just, it's kind of like uh, these neighborhood black parties that people do and, and all these other things and, and uh, uh, cross globally. And then the idea of welcoming tourists and visitors to, to your cities, your nations, of welcoming people to, to your nation to, to come and say, hey, uh, welcome, Good, glad you're here. Uh, it sounds like, you, you you know, come on in. You, you know, uh, if you're a Fuji, we're here, you know, to, to let me host you. Let me, let me help you find a place. Let me help you find, you know. So it became this whole idea of greeting and welcoming and empowering and saying, well, okay, well, just what if you just greet, you know, start small, uh, start with the smiling and the waving. You know, you don't have to go all the way to our end. We're doing that on our end. And it became a, like, a, as the greatest greeter who, uh, like, uh, is started to become clear, who would that be? It wasn't Andy. It was uh, someone else. And, and she started to say, geez, let's do like, uh, if we're, we're not happy about it, you know, let's find a way to mix this into activity and action uh, where it's empathy and compassion first. Uh, is that part of a greeting, too? It's like, where are you coming? Let's make you feel safe and friendly and heard and understood uh, and then go from there. 
like like a front room of a house, and it all started at these doorways. But then it became, yeah, game nights and black parties and performances. And everybody would ask, Andy, how'd you do it? Like, uh, everyone was calling Andy the greatest greeter, but obviously he was trying to say, no, no, this is who the greatest greeter is. Uh, And this is how we're going to roll forward with the greeter of the year and everything. But Andy kept coming back to these, the empowering message uh, that he was leading with was that it was like, uh, uh, and eventually he had to speak when they were giving the greatest greeter of the year. Now, that hasn't happened yet. That's why I don't know who it is. I just know who's probably going to win, and that's in Andy's universe. But as he was working on a speech, he said, he was t- I was watching him, and he said, you know, I've learned a lot from having this perm. And he told the story of the reverse of the story of, like, what if I didn't get that perm? You know, what if... Uh, and it, you know, worked out for me. So, so I said, Andy, don't worry about it. it worked out. Was it, you know, it made, made, you know, mistakes that made a few, as they sing in that song. Esteem, it took a while for this esteem to build up. But, uh, you know, you're there. But he said, it learned from this perm a lot about interacting with other people. Because I always had to say, how are they seeing me? A strange person with a... Uh, non-perm hair in a permanent, you know, super curly uh, haircut. And it's made the difference of seeing things and just wondering. You don't have to be in habit walking their shoes, but I do have to see things from their perspective and just take a breath there. And I've had to learn that uh, these micro-actions are where it's at, uh, where somebody's in, un, un, uh, un, they say, what's up with this dude's hair? I've had to say, hey, what's up? I'm Andy. Nice to meet you. And to try to diffuse things. And it's not the same, Andy said. But it, it's given me the ability to breathe in those moments. And not just to breathe, but to breathe in openness. And a security to say, well, I have my perm here. But it's really just a haircut. It's really just a cascading symbol uh, that I'm going to be okay. And I'm open to seeing if this person could be okay too. You know, within reason, Andy said, well, this is like, uh, but Andy said, we're all uh, desperate for the next step to take. And greeting maybe is one of these next steps we can take. And Andy said, I want you to know that you're the greatest greeter. That's really, I, I forgot about this part. I'm reading Andy's speech as now. Uh, I think it's a mirror. And I think they did this on magazine covers and stuff. But uh, that every day you have the choice. And it's just a choice uh, for that day. Be like, you know what? Today I set the record for greatest greetings for today. I'm the greatest greeter ever today. And Andy said, you know, this, this personal empowerment, a personal empowerment of kindness and imagining, you know, my self-care comes from my ability to breathe and to check in with myself is hair-based. Uh, but other people who might be gait-based or uh, hand-based or touching your elbow or kissing your shoulder-based, your feet on the floor-based, uh, the wind on your cheek-based, to say, here I am in this world, I'm inhabiting it, and I'm breathing. 
and I'm open to understanding and to kindness. For myself, let me give myself some greeting in the morning, in the evening. Let me empower myself to be kind to myself, Andy said. Let me empower myself to be kind to my family. And let me empower myself not to be perfect. And to say, well, tomorrow, how how my greetings go today? Uh, well, maybe tomorrow we'll see. If I greet myself the right way, maybe I can, or maybe I need to sit down, Andy said, and wonder about that perm on that, and say, even if it's internally, and say, huh, a little grouchy today. This is when Andy probably was watching me. Uh, what was up with that? Okay, well. And Andy, you know, it's a great speech. I said, well, it was a greeter. We will have greeters of the year. But I'm more interested in the micro. and more interested in this gift uh, to you, from you, and to the world in a clearly powerful way. Undeniably powerful, Andy said. Uh, empowering yourself uh, to be the greatest greeter ever. Uh it's my honor, and then, uh, you know, it's my honor to retell Andy's tale and to say, yeah, get some rest. Uh, you deserve it, and you deserve to greet yourself uh, tonight, uh, however, wherever you want to place your hands or your covers or your pillows, and, uh, you know, say, well, good night. Uh, it was a full day being human, and I'm here for you. And I'm here to breathe, and I am here in my bed or wherever you are at your desk, uh, wherever it is. I say, yeah, I'm going to greet. I have the power of greeting. I have the power of breathing and presence, too. I want to greet you. Uh, Sometimes greeting is just saying, thanks for coming by, and good night. I want to thank uh, the people who took the time to review stuff on Apple Podcasts. You can do that in the Apple Podcasts app or over at uh, on iTunes uh, in your desktop. And I want to thank Iris V30, who said uh, from uh, who said from the U.S. who said thanks, Scooter. My partner and I listen every night without fail. It helps us both drift off. Usually during the intro, with such is enjoyable. Uh, when I get to hear your stories, they're creative and clever. Thanks for all your hard work. Resi Bean says, uh, comfort in the deep dark. Uh, it's not just that it helps you fall asleep more easily, but he's a friend there to comfort you for the long, through the long and terrible hours of sleeplessness. It creates a cozy, safe place to ease you into sleep or comfort uh, when you're in unwelcome to wakefulness. I play it all night, every night. Uh, when I wake up in the middle of the night, scooters there, keeping the night friendly and safe so I'm never alone. So well done. You're really kind. Uh, genius project. Thanks for helping me through the night. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, LJ27 from the UK says, uh, thanks for helping me. 16 and, and not much in a GOT or a good place or who. Uh, they were like uh, friends or Annie with an E. Uh, but you, do, do you, do, you could check out like our AMA sometimes to kind of get an idea of like uh, – uh, like it's it just uh, like I have to plan. It, 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 like I could keep those on my monitor for down the road, but the, especially the TV shows things that get planned out about a year ahead. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, find out more. Thanks for the support. Uh, Gan G three stars. Uh, totally charmed, uh, but bummed they can't make it past the intro. Uh, the husband also like uh, likes it a lot. Uh. 
when uh, they get in bed. Uh, you should give it a, a chance. Uh, it must have made, this sounds like a positive review. So three stars. Uh, thanks. I uh, know you'll be there if I need it. Where this one's much more clearly a one star. It was too much like listening to NPR. Not impressed. That's from Shell, Shelly, Shell from the U.S. <laughs> uh, but then Splotsum from the U.K. says a suburbic silliness. Uh, like many others, I was dubious and I gave it a go. And then another go, and then I was hooked. It works. Aimless meandering, wandering stories have stopped my brain from thinking and let me so- switch off and sleep in peace. Uh, it gives a humorous element to the frazzled brain, something to smile about. Only not worked a couple times when I've been, you know, really stressed. Uh, please don't stop doing it. Uh, they've become a patron. They, they get so much value out of it. So thank you. Yeah, but this person has the opposite <laughs> view. Al Girl 80 says, worse and worse. Uh, Talk about Patreon too much, uh, uh, like 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 the profit, like the podcast giant is giantly profitable. Like uh, they talk about it, which is ridiculous uh, because it's a free podcast. Uh, sorry, a bit much. Yeah, yeah, it, like it, it takes me ninety hours a week to put the show out. Uh, uh, so um, goodbye, Ambien though from Judas six seven one. And no idea how this works. I wake up at 1 and 3 and 4.30 every morning. I turn the sound back to sleep in 10 minutes. I never listened to a whole show. Tried white noise and different things to take, you know, to, to help sleep. But this works. Uh, thanks. Uh, the T-Reckoning says, uh, it is what it is and it's perfect. I wonder if, uh, if there's an episode of Scooter talking himself to sleep. Yeah, it was recently. I put myself to sleep in an intro. Uh like, like uh, maybe I'll try the intro I'm going to record after this. Uh, uh, then Daniel Daniel CH uh, says it just works. I've had insomnia and I uh, used to take things, but I use uh, sleep with me. It helps me fall asleep fast. And that's it. Thanks everybody. You know, if you're listening and you say, "Well, let me counteract some of that uh, extra energy with some positive energy," you just go uh, into your Apple Podcast app, right built into your phone. If you don't listen on there, it's a great place to listen. And uh, take a second and write your honest review of the show. And uh, that's it. Sleep With Me is a proud member of Night Vale Presents. You can check out all the amazing shows over at nightvalepresents.com. We're also a member of PRX. You can check out everything they do at prx.org. And uh, Sleep With Me is mainly brought to you by our sponsors and uh, mostly by all our patrons uh, who uh, subscribe to a free podcast, uh, Rebels. With cause, uh, you can do that at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-O-N. And uh, let me tuck you in there. Good night. Uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, thanks so much. Uh, and uh, on, with the sh- on with the sleep. Or if you need another episode, go ahead and play another one. I'm here. You know, I could be here all night if you need it. Uh, uh, good night.